Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion Winning. is to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. South Africa's role is high effort. Compassion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another epic episode of The Row Show. We've got Regatta Madness. We've just finished, finished watching... Uh, World Champs 2022, Czech Republic, Ricitsi, and what a what a day of racing, what a week of racing. And now we're going to break it down and really analyze. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and Jake is on the plane back from World Champs himself, so hopefully we'll hear from him later in the week. But with me, rowing expert, James Thompson, welcome to the show. Third uh, third episode in a row. Yes, you're becoming. We need to add you into our jingle. Yeah, into the intro. Must come. Yeah, wow, man. It's awesome to be back, and it's been quite a week, eh? I'm yeah, a, I'm a bit jaded, and we've only done three shows. Imagine what uh, the guys who've been out out there five days before the racing, ten days on the course. But at least the weather's got better and better, eh? Yeah. Um, today looked spectacular out there on the course. And it was like because it was really cold at the beginning of the week. People training in a lot of kit, and now yeah, finals. This weekend was pristine. Some of the best, that's like the best rowing conditions we've seen for a long time. Almost flat, slight tailwind. Yeah, like in some big times coming through there later in the day. Yeah. Uh, just, I think that's like, that's what you want from world champs. No, like, I suspect, obviously we're quite far away from it, but I suspect there's no controversy around lanes and you don't want any of that stuff going on. Yeah. Um, just clean up, fair racing. Um, and it must have been pretty physical in flat conditions. Yeah, yeah I'm so sure there's some time. No, there was some. There. You could see some of the races were like more physical than you know when it's a rough race. You can see athletes struggling to hold the the technique together. Whereas here, yeah, you could see some of the races coming down very physical, like looking like sprinting r- from right early on in the in the racing. It, it really looks awesome. Just a shout out to our patrons. Uh, they've been incredible over the the week of racing. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group. Uh, if you join our Patreon, you subscribe, you support the show, help us carry on, help us ca- keep uh, delivering this this great content. And then you get access to the the WhatsApp group where it's uh, just a huge group of rowing nerds and we're all just chatting about racing and stats. And because we an international group, it's really nice because people from their countries will be able to add insight if uh, if some of us have questions on you know certain decisions or or I don't know selection points or something you know there's always someone that can add a bit of value a lot of stats getting thrown around on the group which is always awesome to to see and then I do a breakdown of the the racing over the week and uh, especially the A finals and we look at the percentages of the the racing times compared to the world best times gives us a very comparative view of the whole week's racing and that gets posted on the the Patreon group. The patrons have access to that. So if you want to get a bit more rowing data and you want to get a bit more news, uh, head on over to to Patreon and join us there. And behind the scenes info that sometimes you can't even get on the news forums, like just local knowledge from various guys around the world, just what they've seen in their countries, what they know is happening in their national teams. Yeah, that's that's all happening there on the Patreon group, and we're really enjoying it. Um, and it's it's been a busy week there. I think it'll go dormant for a few months now as we all get ready. No way. It'll carry on ticking. <laughs> People are going to, there's going to be so many spicy things coming in from uh, from the regatta, you know, different stats, different changes in crews, who's training, where people are training. Fair enough. For fair sure. Enough. 
Yeah, and just I mean, I think shout out. I want to list the whole the whole group because everyone added uh, benefit in. But I would say Sam, Ben, you were on point this week. This week, you uh, really added a lot of. He's stats. the numbers guy. Yeah, he corrects all my mistakes on the on the data sheet, and uh, yeah, really, really uh, boxing out of his boots for to help us out on the on the on the Patreon group. But uh, another point that I wanted to do to bring in was how much Felipe has dominated the rowing scene over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. You know, when I joined rowing and it was 2009, 2011 was my first senior world champs. We were like the outsiders rowing in Felipe's. And, you know, it was, we had switched our national team. It switched to Felipe because it was significantly cheaper. It was easier to import their boats and repair their boats back at home in South Africa. And, um, and the service we got, yeah, the service, the service we got was in like another world, yeah. So it's we were definitely one of the first countries to move, but now it's yeah. mad. And now there's like hardly any impactors, no, and this is, but crazy. this is the reason that, though, because I remember Rog trying to get something fixed on the one pair. I think it was 2008, and they had huge problems. Um, they bought the wrong or something. Yeah, so it was just a bit of a hack. Then they went to to Felipe, and the service was incredible. And over the years, it's never gotten any worse. So I don't know. I, it's not sponsored by Felipe in any sense of the word, but I thought that Felipe has have been doing a phenomenal job out there. It's really cool to see. It would be really interesting to do like an analysis a finals like 20 years back or something, and just see the slow migration. Yeah. Over. Uh, like ticking over. I think because if, you go like, if you go twenty, like maybe you go twenty years back in world rowing, you will see yellow finals. Yeah, one after another. Like probably, I, I would think they probably had eighty percent of the market in like twenty years ago. Felipe have some of the stats. I wonder if they have them going back. So I know on their website they show the stats after the world champs. We must go have a look there. Then. I thought we start off with. I thought there were some uh, the disappointing countries: Germany, New Zealand, Australia. I thought struggled a little bit, uh, quite a bit this this week compared to what they've shown us in the past. I felt like they were. I agree with you on Germany and New Zealand, Australia. The men's eight man, like yeah, you, you can't get them. Like that was a good row in the men's eight. They can't leave there disappointed, and that's as a country level. That's one of the big ones. You know, I know there's some. Maybe some individual crews along the way that we would have wanted more from. Well, it's more that they at at the Tokyo Olympic Games they were second on the medal table, and now they are right near the they they you know tenth or fifteenth I think down the down the sheets. So only no golds, uh, silver, and but they did get four bronze. So it's not like they, you know, a little tweaking they will they'll get back up there. Yeah, um, but it's. Because of the four bronzes, it's only one less. It's they've actually got more medals now than they got. Yes. No. So. So. Yeah. Maybe you're right. But I'm and sure Germany, they're not, they're not boxing for. They, they didn't come for bronzes. I'm sure. Mm. But the fact is, more crews leave medalists than the games. Yeah. No. Which is probably. But uh, let's not pull away from the point. Bad weekends for New Zealand, and yeah, and Germany. New like Germany. I think it must be one of Germany's worst mm. regattas. Although they won the single. But New, I mean, New Zealand have gone from um, five medals to two medals. Yeah, that's mad. They've gone from winning the the sheet, winning the the sheet at the Tokyo Games, uh, the medal table, to fourth place. Five to two, that's mad. Yeah, and they, it's, it's their men's section as well. So their men's section dropped off hugely because the, you know, you got Kerry and Grace winning two 
medal, so they didn't have the eight for the women, and now they uh, so they still dominated the pair. But then the men's side, you didn't have the eight, and then their pair, which I thought would be a bit better coming out of the eight. You know, they're Olympic champions, and they were, but yeah, they just didn't have the speed. I think on the on the week. But just to counter your point on Germany, Germany got no golds at the games, and now they've come with from two silvers to one gold as a country. I yeah. think you take it. No, for, for sure, you're definitely going to take it. It's not bad, but the, it's and it's also I think it's more that they have such a culture in the eight. The eight has been their like yeah. flagship no, it's a for so long, and now they didn't even make the final. So shocker, it man. was, um, yeah. I mean, it's just. I don't want to hang around on the and and it's, you know we don't want to need to talk about everyone's bad results, but I just thought that those were significant changes, and I mean I think we'll see them back climbing back up over the next two years for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of history there, and there's a lot of yeah for sure there. Yeah, lots of coaching changes and things like that as well. So um, we'll see. I'm interested to see where New Zealand if they'll find uh, you know some more men's crews that can perform because they've had like these kind of standout athletes for a long time you know Hamish Hamish and Eric um and you know so over the last few years they've uh you know they they've been very established and now they don't have like the big names big names coming through so yeah cool but James let's get into the racing I think let's go not quite chronological but let's start Saturday racing and let's start with your or one of your big events the men's Lightweight men's double. The Irish boy, untouchable and like mad. Like not looking the prettiest crew out there. Um, we we commented because we watched it together. We commented on the like the Irish guys finish was really, really interesting. But at the end of the day, I just think the engine is just so much bigger than the guys they're competing against. Italy, interesting to see them like coming back, having a little bit more of a Yeah. Um a really good final on a very tough quarter. Like you know, I think there's some those guys have been around a while, a while, and that was obviously a really mature road to turn that around in 48 hours or 52 hours, whatever it was, and get back on the start line and put together a good final for a solid silver silver medal. Um, I think the other thing is just like some of those post race interviews from Ireland. Um, if you haven't found them, um, you need to dig around. I know one was on Twitter and one I think was on World Rowing, but you know. No, there's comments. just on another level, man. He is so funny. And like, he's doing it completely deliberately, I feel. And it's paying off like crazy. I mean, he's definitely the most interesting athlete on the world rowing scene at the moment. Like, I don't know if it makes him the funniest guy or the biggest dick. And I think that's <laughs> kind of what he's going for. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he's going for. Uh, and really cool to see Ukraine uh, get on the 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 podium for that uh, race as well. They also had a cracker race in the Paris single and they won there, which was like complete shot in the dark compared to the, the Italian was the big favorite. And then uh, the anthem was pretty deep there because obviously the Ukrainians have had a tough year. They haven't been training at their, at in Ukraine. They've all been living outside of Ukraine training. So I think every time they were on the podium, I think it was quite a big, um, a big one for them. Um, going back to the Irish though, because you we did discuss their like their rowing, and when you look at it, it's not smooth and loose and free like a lot of the other boats. But when you look at the hull of the boat, this is was the comment that we made: is that the hull of the boat is not getting disrupted. So yes, the finish looks a bit funny, holds the blades a bit funny, but I think there's so much power going in, and there's not that like they're not 
pulling speed away from the boat on the like finish or the catch of the stroke. Yeah, and just a comment from like because I've obviously rode the Lady Double like the actual physical boat there and by being in the Imp, I think is so much more forgiving than the Filippi. So I think if they try to row like that in one of the Filippi, and that might be why they've ended up in the Imp, mm. is they need the more forgiving boat. They need the more stable platform just to lay down the watts. Um, but yeah, for sure they are like, they're making the boat they've got, like they're making the best out of yeah. it, if that makes sense. And I think if they went into the smaller, tighter Filippi shape, I think the boat, we would see a lot more disruption um, from it. So really interesting little nuance there for me between the two. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it is rough out there. And then jumping on to, to my best or favorite boat class, the, the pairs, uh, women's pair, I thought just incredible from the New Zealanders. They just as good as ever so long. I think the, the length of their stroke that they're putting out, I think they would, I mean, they, they rowing longer than nearly any crew on the water, which is just really awesome to watch. I think it's so great to, to see, I I thought that they'd had a longer winning streak, yeah. but when I look back, they they had so many tight races with like Australia, Canada, USA. It's interesting how in the like, last cycle, how like in in my head they're like dominant. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, but they've actually like had really good challenges coming at them, and they've had it must have been really awesome for them to race the last few years because it hasn't been all their own way, but they have been the standout crew. Yes. Um, so yeah, but uh, the, the standard of rowing they're putting out and what it looks like when they're under pressure is really, really epic. But they weren't really under pressure much this uh, this week. A little bit, um, yeah. Like I don't think anyone will. I don't. I can't see any other crews coming and and challenging them. Like you need like those, you know, the big Australians or you need. I don't know. You need, there's no one I think in the field there that can really put them under pressure yet. Yeah, I think we and, and they're not doubling up, and there are other people yeah. doubling up. So yes, this week must have felt focused. like a holiday. Yeah. This whole season must have felt like so much more calm. Yeah, but those guys—they train like animals. So they must be hating the number of k's they've done. I'm sure getting into the eight was a nice like, yeah. break from the pair. Yeah, and now I can only assume the New Zealand miles must be quite something. But <laughs> hey, many of them have done it. So, and then going across to the men's pair. Um, Jeez, what a! It was actually a bloody good race. Uh, I thought um, GB just didn't find their rhythm at all. I was very surprised that they. I mean, I, I had them as my favorite for yeah. the the regatta by far. They looked so good in the week building up, and then Australia really trying to do their classic uh, Alex Hill in the front. They're really trying to rev it out the start and get the you know the get that length up, and then they had they the little fun. They paid for it big time. Little crab out the start, and I think. When your tactic is to lead from the front and to get the boat up and and out, uh, if you make those mistakes in the start of the race, it's kind of game over. So I thought that was oh, that was very sad. I think too to see you don't want to see athletes making mistakes like that. Yeah, and they ended like nine seconds off the pace. You know, it's yeah. like they never really found their feet again after that. They must have been pretty scrambled. Probably happened at the worst time. Mm. Um, to like they must have. It wasn't early enough that the boat was slow. You know, if the, if you catch a crab in the first three or four strokes and the boat's still moving relatively slow it doesn't affect you as much yeah um but yeah for sure and like i, I don't know if they found their rhythm after uh, at any point of the race after that and then the race for second was incredible as well uh, romania and spain going at it and i thought that um rate was not lacking no from either crew the and the spain really cool from them i think they've had you know they've been fast they missed it they didn't have a great tokyo 
and you know now coming back and and getting on that that podium and i think that was was very very cool to see from them romanians doubling up james so we've been tuning that the, the all the ladies have been doubling up and meanwhile the romanians had their their plans for the week so they have the inspirational the ladies eight where they yeah where they're doubling up left right and i feel like if anyone's really going to do it it's going to be romania they have such a culture of it yeah they've been doing it for years and years before like yeah from when i started rowing romania women have been doubling up Mm. so makes sense that maybe their men would be the first ones to start doing this as well so four and pair doubled up into the eight so six athletes six athletes yeah man and it worked out Gives them the best six athletes into the eight. The yeah. eight probably couldn't justify having them otherwise. Definitely. And they're two guys in that eight who are just smiling because they got the six best oaks back well, then. Yeah, although the eight, you know, they did well. The other crews did well, but the eight then didn't. The wheels came off towards the end of the race and then they didn't manage to to stick the stick the landing. Going back though, James, on because we are just talking about the percentages. I was, I think because of the weather, over the percentages, because now I've just pulled up the percentage sheet to look at the results of the eight. So I'm going to jump there. The I think because the weather was so even and like kind of fair, the the percentages were extremely close and comparable. Comparable, you know, you could look at the different boats. I think uh, what do we got here? Yeah, there was. I, I didn't get much wind. Like maybe the first race or two of the first session um, was had some heavy wind. Not yeah. heavy wind, but had. Wind that mattered. So when you're looking at it... I'll put it into order now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James messing with my sheet here and changing the, the order. When you're looking at the, the percentages, men's eight, top percentage, coming in 98%, which was really impressive because the other crews around that also were fast, but not like, uh, not there. All the other crews, 97. There was a huge chunk of, of uh, boats between 9676 and 977. So that 1% bracket there had so many crews. And I feel like that's such a good way of looking at it because it's, that's, I think, is like the standard in like decent conditions, flat conditions, 97% is, is very good to, to row. And then I think the outliers, the men's eights, going yeah. over the 98, and then the other crews that were a little bit on the slow side, men's skull, men's pair, women's skull, definitely seemed to, you know, not very related on like time of day of the race, not very related to the, you know, the day that were that it was raced, but those ones, uh, the men's, uh, women's skull going down to 94. 94. And what's interesting is that men's eight and the women's lightweight, uh, the women's single were actually back-to-back races. So yeah. you got a 4% four spread. By s- and that's a 10-minute interval between racing. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's a, th- that was, like, noticeable to me, like, the, the size of that gap. Yeah. But I think that men's eight time. And, you know, it w- so Australia uh, also came across – sorry, Netherlands came across – would have been the second highest percentage. So it's not just, like, one standout percentage. It's just showing the depth in that yes. boat class right now is wild. And Australia only just missed being the third-best prognostic. So your, all your medalists are basically – one, two, and three prognostics um, of the weekend. So, yeah, that men's eight was on another level. And we see from the women's single, it wasn't at a crazy time of day. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's... I think what it shows you, though, is that there are... where I think it shows you where countries are focusing their efforts. And I think the eights at the moment are, like, wide open. People are pushing a lot of their top athletes into the eights. 
you know, we've got this doubling up happening, which is allowing countries to put really good athletes into their top, into their big boats. And looking at the percentages, that's what's happening. And then I think it just shows you that where there aren't very, very established or like very, very like outlying crews, uh, the men's skull, men's although men's skull is actually unusually that's unusual for them to be so far down usually it's it's definitely a bit tighter but closer so i'm very surprised to see that one down men's pair and women's skull i definitely think that there's room for like a dominant crew to come in set the standard like back in that 97 percent yeah it's so interesting like there's definitely space anyone with those lower percentages we have to say there's space to come at it, and any one of those higher percentages, like I look at that men's eight, and I'm suddenly like, oh, that world record suddenly doesn't look yeah. that fast. Like if they just went, they got within six seconds of it in the flat. Maybe like, that's another point, though. Maybe the fact that because it's flat water, the bigger boats carry a little bit more speed and can yeah, because you've got one, two, three. The top three percentages are all big boats. Yeah, men's eight, women's eight, men's quad. So, yeah, yeah, and right down the bottom of the sheet is you go. Women's single, men's pair, men's single, women's pair. So you've got all the small boats down the bottom and all the big boats up the top. So maybe exactly what you're saying there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is I don't know. I love I love looking at the the stats, looking at the the times and I think that yeah, if you want to have a look at them, just uh, send me a message or join our Patreon. Cool. Lightweight women's double, man. Jumping back. Um it's not like I mean the British were just insane. They were, they were probably the crew of the, possibly the the crew of the regatta. Just so slick, so, so easy. Smooth. Everyone else was battling for second from the like from the first five hundred. But listen to what you're saying in the event. When last did we have that? Yeah, like, dominant in the lightweight women's single, uh, lightweight women's pair, the double. Sorry, absolutely. Like that's the event over and over again. We just say is the most competitive. And here we've had a crew that from the first race of the weekend just looked unbeatable, and had no, didn't have a big didn't have a big push or pressure in the final um, standout performance for sure. Yeah, I mean the, there there are crews that have done that in the past, like the New Zealanders or the the Dutch have like had regattas where they've done this. But yeah, I was just it was very impressive to watch. It was awesome to to see, and I definitely think technically if I was going to go. If I was getting back in the boat next week, I would be looking at the. I would be looking at their video on like technical analysis. Yeah. That was like such a, a technical show. Yeah, and in, like nothing flustered, nothing. Uh, for me, there's almost not too much to talk about. They're just like mm. they got the job done without much, much sort of fanfare. For sure. Then. Fours. We got to chat about the fours on the on the Saturday. I think, as I've always always said, adding the women's four was the best addition to the program. Uh, I'm sure you always get that bitter taste of losing the the light men's four, but I've got no problem adding the women's. Yes, like yes. the women's four needed to come to the program. I'm just not sure the lighty four was the one that needed to go. But this ain't the time. Yes, but the women's four. It's just getting better and better every year. More athletes coming in. I feel like it's such an established boat class now, and it's like it's bringing such interesting countries into the into the fray. I mean, the the I, Irish had such a good race, and I'm really upset that they they didn't get on the on the podium there. But I think the effect of the women's four in the program is 
impactful beyond the women's four. Like I think women's heavyweight sweep is just on another level now because you're not jumping from pair to eight. And we're just seeing it over in like Ireland there. The names of the countries coming through are epic. Um, yeah, and really interesting to see. What's just so interesting is like some of the countries that don't have good eights this year sort of as women starting to perform there. Um, yeah, really interesting mm. boat class. Um, and the actual quality of the rowing is really good. Like, Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's better. It's, I, I think it's it's better than the, the standard of the women's eight by a long way. And it's better than like a lot of the, the men's heavyweight crews as well. I feel like, cause the, the men's crews often look a little bit like bullish pulling like heavy. And I think the, the women, cause they don't have that like extra bit of power. They have to row. Well, it's a bit like lightweights. Yeah. Like they have to row the boat smooth and loose. And I think, and I mean, the British looked really good again, going back. I think whoever is in charge of the, the British um, light uh, women's side of, of the, the team is doing a great job because the technical, actually both all sides. I just like the way the British were rowing the whole regatta. My question is, do the, um, do the Dutch double up between the two? I want to come back to your GB point, but were the Dutch doubling up between the women's four and the women's eight? Cause they leave with two silver medals there. Um, um, I think so. Um, but then onto your GB point is, yeah, you, uh, like the coaches have had, they've had the big bounce back, eh? Um, and more importantly, like the slickness and it's like execution, cool, calm, collected. These guys are like, I don't know. I just feel like it's been a big statement from GB the whole weekend. Um, and obviously like rounded off there with some big boats, like women's four, men's four performing right on it. Um, yeah, I think the, I'm just bringing up the the data here, and I'm just looking at if the they did double up women's four, um, women's women's four went into the women's eight, women's double went into the eight, and I'm not sure if the yeah, so the doubles is so silver. Yeah, they got a yeah. They're going home with bags of silver medals. Those girls. It's you just throwing me. Uh, in the, into the thick of it. I'm trying to see now. On your feet, boy. Yeah, I was looking at all of these d- things earlier. Now I'm like, uh, no, I'm doubting right. myself. No, I think you're right. But I don't know if it was the, if the woman's pair was in as well. A woman's pair. Because then it would Because then it's silver again. It would be everyone. No. So no, there was, so there was six athletes in. Okay, but silver medals in Netherlands women, women's pair, women's quad, women's double, women's eight, women's four. Romania, Romania had a fantastic uh, regatta. Actually, I think a lot of their crews, they they were some crews that they can definitely they would be a bit upset with that they're going to do better. But they were second on the medal table, three golds, and I think they really performed well. So I think when you look at it and you're talking about the the women's four and women's double having to race, doubling up and winning is is incredible. Well, what's interesting is both. Yeah, like. Romania probably have the better one. It's interesting that Romania have so many people doubling up and Netherlands have so many people doubling up, but Netherlands leave with seven go- seven silver medals. That's going to be a team that's going to train with a lot of hunger in the next 12 months to, into the next one. So interesting that like those are just the countries that are doing a lot of doubling up, particularly in the world. It's funny though, like you would think that the smaller boats, the pair and, and the pair would be the ones doubling up the most, but the four seems to like lend itself very well. Maybe yeah. it's the program. Yeah, yeah, because I would think like the f- the change between the pair and the eight. I mean, the four and the eight would be way mm. simpler to execute. Anyway, I'm getting mixed up here between my Netherlands and Romanians, but they they a lot of them doubled up, 
a lot of them did bloody well. <laughs> and and the Netherlands and Netherlands silver medal. That was the that was what they came for. One crew didn't get the memo and got a gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on the the analysis there, Netherlands got seven silvers, one gold, one bronze, nine medals in total, which is really impressive. I mean, that's a huge step up. There's nearly double the medals that they got at Tokyo. Wild. Like, so, and it's like they've got a little bit of room to go back and train. Like, yeah, oh, that's going to be a hungry squad going. Forward. Yeah, and we'll have to go and look and see how many of the so how many of those extra medals are doubled up, are athletes are like uh, new athletes or doubled up athletes. That'd be really interesting because I think it's going to be like a lot of them. Mm. But uh, I think if. This is the best World Champs Netherlands have had for a while, so I know it's a lot of silver medals, but I think they'll be super chuffed, and I think if they can convert some of those silver medals into those golds, I mean, they they, they definitely have the... I mean, it's the most medals, although GB also were ridiculous as well. It's almost like well. they've just taken that place of like that that big German, like evenly spread across the whole field, mm. like always a German crew there. Netherlands, they just always have a crew there, and... Like the last few years, I feel like that's been building. But they've also like, because they've had like regattas where they've shown, oh, we have depth. We have a lot of athletes that can race well, win medals. And then that, but then throughout the season, they don't always string it all together all the time. And especially coming into world champs, they often miss the that final step. And I think they've shown that they can really do it. Yeah. And I mean, the eight looks seriously dangerous as well. The men's eight side. Yeah. You know, like that silver medal, they attacked big time to to put the British under pressure there. No, it's, yeah. it was quite something, and I think it's smooth. Um, and they were coming in that last 500, um, starting to eke into it. I think, yeah, I look forward to the first World Cup of next year and see what's, where the chips land. Is they going to be pretty bleak, I think, the the Dutch with, I think, who I'm trying to think who their biggest rivals are going to be at, because GB took a lot of the golds. So men's eight, I'm looking, women's four, and then maybe Romania as well. Women's eight snuck there, women's double, because I'm trying to look, there's a lot of silvers from from uh, the Netherlands. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's Just to summarize that, five, go- five medals in Tokyo and nine this weekend. Yeah. Man, they've got to be happy. Th- th- I think they probably would be pretty happy with five medals. And now, bam, now yeah. you're in the game, boy. So then going to men's four, uh, James, at the beginning of the week, I wrote down a note and I said, uh, this is going to be a classic showdown between Australia and GB. And then through the heats and the semis, it really didn't look like that. GB looked really good. Australia looked like they were struggling quite a lot. And then finals came around, Australia right back up. And it was a classic showdown between Australia and uh, GB for the, the, the win there. And... I loved watching this race. I felt like it was such a good, like just a technical race to watch. You know, as a rowing fan, there's like everyone, we're always talking about these two different like kind of uh, styles of rowing of like, you know, moving off the back end, getting the long stroke in, lower rate, longer, bigger distance per stroke that the, the British are really pushing at this point. And then you get the Australian Aussie style where it's, you know, that, kind of slight pause at the finish really quick high rating uh attacking the front of the stroke and i would say for especially for the last like two olympic cycles that aussie style has been like very always looks very 
Brooks, like the the one that's doing better, that's easier to row. You know, Drugen uh, Drugen really pushed that kind of style of rowing. But now I see like GB sticking to their guns, and that's also starting to pay off. So it was really nice. I thought you could see the contrast between the two crews very easily in the in the men's four race. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because it's as you say, it's like it's almost two textbook styles, mm. and they're both doing their textbook styles really well. But I think what's interesting is that it's almost like. I'm not sure if GB try to row like the other option. They're not going to do it. I think like their whole training program is around that lower cadence, higher power, push it out. And I think if the Aussies came and tried to muscle their way down the track. No, it wouldn't it, work it either. It wouldn't work either. So, you know, they're both sort of doing what works for them. And they're coming out within, I think it's like half a percent of each other there. Um, I, I also just get the feeling that like GB is like a little bit of, they've come out with a point to prove of last year, they're mm-hmm. a little bit ahead. Um, they probably trained pretty angry this last year. I know as an athlete, it would have been a year of super motivation. Um, but I just get the feeling there's more to come from Aussies. And, we, yeah. and we've got two very interesting years ahead of us in that men's four. Um, and who knows which way it goes. But I, I would expect to see Aussies step on a little bit and have a slightly closer race come next year. And also, like, I was thinking those two different techniques, these conditions suited the GB style of slightly more muscle, like a flat course, like it's more physiological effort. Whereas if we get a slightly rougher conditions, I think it suddenly starts leaning towards Aussies. Um, maybe not in as much as half a percent difference, but certainly I think the Aussies would close that gap a little bit. And then, yeah, we've got a year, two years to see where that, where that unfolds. But one of the rivalries to look forward to in the next two years for sure. I think also like in our midweek episode, we discussed on how like – the semifinals can look very close and like the, the results can be, you know, uh, very tight between crews in the, in the semifinals. And then when it comes down to the final, you know, crews are going to step up. And I think this was such a classic race for that because, you know, you had, uh, you had it pretty tight between a lot of crews. You had um, Australia not looking so sharp. You had the because Australia GB were in the same heat, uh, same semi final, first and second, but like a bit of a bigger gap. Then the other semi, the Dutch uh, actually posted a faster time, so like they were looking really, really close. And then when it comes to that final and it comes time to to step up, it's like oh bang, here we go. Here's our extra little step of uh, of speed. Last two percent, five percent makes a bit of a difference there. Yeah, the guys were holding their cookies, holding their cookies back in the semi. You can never really tell. Yeah, those, other than if it's a blanket finish, but as soon as there's a little bit of a gap in a semi final, there's no real knowing who's where on the limit. Yeah, and then we're going to come back to that point later because there's some more on like the step between semi and final, and maybe the whole week of racing that I want to I want to touch on. But going to the women's four. China, very quad. I mean, sorry, women's quad. China, very dominant. Um, Do you think you had some points on crews that are returning Olympic champions? Yeah. So it's interesting. China, obviously, one of those crews. um, The guys on the Patreon went and looked up um, a whole lot of the stats, and basically, this is of. Let, let me get this right. Crews that are returning cha- uh, champions. So they were Olympic champions and re- uh, champion world champions, the first world champions post-Olympics. They've only, um, going back to 1992, the highest there's ever been is four of those. And this regatta, starting with, with I think the lightweight men's double was one. 
Uh, you have to break that down again, dude. I didn't, you didn't catch you at okay. all. So, Olympic champions who came back to the next world champs and defended their title. Yeah. The highest we've seen since 1992 has been um, four. Oh, like over the regatta, four, four crews coming back to defend in the world champs post the Olympics. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, so it, it, these are people who leave this regatta as both Olympic champions and world champions. Yes. Traditionally, everyone would think it's quite high, but there are not that many crews that do it. Um, 1993, there were four coups that did it. Um, obviously, the 1992 games with the 1993 World yeah. Champs. Um, but two of the events weren't Olympic events anymore. And then into 1996 to 97, there were so four then. Since then, we've only managed to get three, three, and three. And believe it or not, in 2016 to 2017, there was only one coup that, that doubled up those two years. So most importantly, this is the first time we've had five coups pull that off. Um, it's a really impressive stat, um, and I think it just shows how hard it is to come back to um, and to sort of. There's a lot of like demands on your life that come after winning Olympic gold. A lot of things change. Um, often athletes take that year off. Um, this year might be a little bit different with a short cycle, but it's just interesting to see that. Like, I think as the sport gets more professional, um, we'll probably see a higher number of those um, re- retention. Um, of those those top guys and guys not missing the year and guys staying in their boat class for longer. The other thing we see is a lot of guys change boat class post Olympics. Mm. So um, the Croatians, for example, w- w- if if they had won, wouldn't have been eligible to to get that right this I year. I think that's probably the biggest point to your to that whole thing is that people are changing boat class. They're using that post Olympic year to change things up, so they're not under pressure to maintain their their Olympic. Um, yeah, they're like their championship. They're like they're not under like they're not getting that scrutiny of like, oh these guys won last year and they now come second. They fucked, you know. It's more like no, these guys have. They're just kind of getting away. Let's go into another boat class. Let's have a break, and then I'm sure. I wonder, like Olympics to Olympics, it's probably even high. It's probably higher. Yeah, and I think the like the more expectation, like that expectation post winning is really high, and I, I, a lot of it is ingrained. It's it's from the athletes themselves. But we felt that moving from the four to the double, like it was a fresh start, mm. none of that. And I think a lot of guys use that post-Olympic year um, to, to do that. So it's really interesting. I, I'm blown away by how low that is. I think if we did some some numbers on how many people managed to win like uh, back-to-back world championships, I think it would be a higher, much higher than just four. Um, so interesting that this regatta pushed out five, which is the highest ever um, that we've got going back to 1993. And it's because people don't have the extra luxury of the extra year. Yeah. So they have three years. They can't be like, oh, you know, this year we're going to stuff around in like uh, an eight or, you know, yeah. take a year off or something. We've got to get back in. We've got to get back on this on this boat so that we can we can make sure we win next Olympics. Yeah, it would be, uh, I don't think we have the numbers. It would be very interesting to see how many people are tired if that number has moved. Um, because it's oh, only yeah. three years to hang around. So uh, we don't have the number, but it would be fascinating to know if there were, there were a higher retention of performing athletes or sort of Olympic A finalists who hung around for another year. For um, sure. And I'm sure it's higher than it normally is. So moving to Sunday's racing. Cool. I think Sunday's racing was better. Was There was slight like, there was more exciting racing on Sunday. <laughs> That's because you weren't hangover, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, James, we we're, we're recording here. Please <laughs> don't don't. It's a children's show. Yeah, the 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 no the racing. I just thought there was like some some 
it was, I don't know, it felt like there was some more exciting racing coming down the track on Sunday. I mean, I'm talking about small margins. Yeah, I enjoyed both days of racing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think the, like, I felt a lot of the weekend like the, the fields were quite spread. Like we didn't have any crazy spins on the lines, like photo finishes. But I felt on Sunday we had a little bit more of that. That's how they, did we have a photo finish this weekend? Not for medals. No, not for medals. That's so crazy. we had like all the photo finishes for the semifinals. Yeah. That's wild. Very cool. But but agree with you. Sunday was good racing. The men's double. I can't believe the men's double. I can't believe France... They how ridiculously good they looked. You know, they've not done well in like they've been okay in the skulls the whole year, but like often B finals, uh, n- not like just winning, which is what you would expect for a crew that came out to win the doubles in such style. I, I don't know, that's how I would have felt. I did not, I would have put, I would, if I, you asked me to bet on a single race over the, the whole week, I would have put my money on the Sinkovich's winning. I think that's yeah, and to not even meddle. Like, yeah. that's not like the French just stepped up. You know, I think two things have happened there. The French have stepped up, like, and the Sinkovichs haven't had the second half of the week. The heat looked damn good. They crushed that. Um, and I was thinking from France, like, there must be a lot of pressure with with Paris 2024. Um, and at least to leave with a gold medal, you know, that's a step in the right direction. But only one medal this, this week from them. So I, I'm, I'm sure they're glad they got that done. Um yeah, but the men's double, I actually think men's double might be one of my races of the weekend. Um, yeah, because also, so you not only had the huge upset, you had the and the French rowing absolutely sublime down the yeah. track. You also From had a one, massive, eh? massive race for second between Spain and Australia. <laughs> it was and, outrageous. And it was one of the like best sprints. Like when yeah. stuff was changing in that last 250. Um, no, for sure. The best entertainment, I think, of the weekend. A, a, lot, a lot in there. Um, uh, the other stat that came out, the Sinkovichs posted on their Instagram, the first time since 2009 that they leave world champs without a um, without a medal. Like, that's pretty mad. That is outrageous. 2009. 2009. So they've had world champs medals. And it might even be, I'm trying to think if they win last day where it did like a World Cup and uh, or something that didn't make the podium. I could only podium. think that the World Cups in the pair, they might have had one in the pair where they didn't get... If they had, if all of their yeah. World Cups in the in the four years of the five years, oh of the pair, no, there have been ones where they've been injured and then they've had subs in the boat. Like one of them went out, one of the Lucerne's, and they put a sub into the boat for the pair. And and remember, some of those years are in two thousand nine is in the quad. Yeah, no, no definitely. Yeah, when quad. did they, they move rode, to the double? They moved to the double after London. London. Yeah, they so then the, that's the first batch of those medals on the quad. Yeah, and like. So and what's also ridiculous, they went from like under twenty threes, eh? They they're still under twenty threes there. So they've been on the podium. Wild. It's the first like basically it's it's almost saying it's like the start of your career. That's the first time you're not um not on the podium. I mean I started rowing in two thousand seniors in two thousand seven. So it's just two years after that and they haven't missed a World Champs medal. Wait, I'm gonna Man. pull it up now. And also like see. shout out to them on like being good sports and like they They've handled like the loss in the semi-final really well. They posted some good stuff. They they posted some cool stuff. Or a, another cool post after the final, and it's just like I don't know, like real human. They're not throwing their toys about not getting it right, and I think that's why we know they're going to be back. Like they're taking it in their stride, um, and they know that they like bigger than their results a bit. You know, um, I I've been really impressed with how they've handled those two bad results. 
What are you trying to work out there, Lawrence? I'm looking at the results, <laughs> at their, their history. So they rode juniors 2006, 2007. Juniors uh, in 2007? Yeah. So and they haven't, hang on. No, 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 listen. So juniors 2006, uh, they rode eight B final. Juniors 2007, they were, oh, Martin was in the skull. So I don't know what happened to, to Valent, what happened there, but third place. Then 2008, uh, they started getting it back there in the double. Fifth but place. Under 23s or where they're there? they under 23. Well, because they, they overlapped. So they started racing seniors and under 23s like uh, a lot so to, together. So it must be about 20 in 2009. Yeah. That's uh, bad. No, I think, yeah, I think 19. 19. 19. I think they're just out of, because they rode juniors in 2007, so I think they would be 19, 2008, turning 20 Mad. in 2009. So they're 20. They haven't missed a, a world champs medal since they were 20. Yeah. That's mad. Mad, mad, mad. These guys have got skills. And, like, they were rowing the quad. They were winning world and cups. And they've had injury shit. They've been known to, like, have yeah. injuries. But they were like winning under 23s, winning the quad, and they came fourth at World Champs, Poland. In O? 2009. They missed by one. Yeah, it's not like they were. <laughs> and then it's just, honestly, it's just podiums, podiums. Here's the, uh, there was a, a quad final where they in one of the, some of the World Cups. But I mean, it's, it's, they have an outrageous record. And like the fact that they like, still can finish that and and celebrate the fact that they you know they laid it out there amazing yeah man man good stuff yeah jeez dude oh. that is a respect to the brothers man yeah no they are unbelievable um and then i think so so like men's double for me was like just a ridiculous event this regard it was there was so much hype i think we've built it up a lot over the year knowing that the french the sinkoviches the Australians are looking good. Spain coming from, for me, felt like a bit yes, like I Norway. Called the, I called the Oz earlier in the week. Yeah. Oh, looking good. And then women's double, also really, really great to watch. Um, I thought, you know, just Romania, I think they are the, I mean, they, they were on a, in a class of their own. So I know we said that for a few crews, but they were untouchable. And they've been untouchable the whole cycle or the whole season. Race of the weekend, man, for sure. Yeah. So then the women's double, man, moving on. They won by by the second. <laughs> You're going to love this, that. They won by the second biggest margin. The only crew that won by more was the Romanian women's eight, which they were in. Oh, you talk, I thought you were still talking about... The, I'm talking about women's yeah, double. Women's double. No. I'm talking about women's double. So Romania have been... Classy the whole season, winning by miles. This regatta, they win the top two biggest winning margins of the whole regatta. They're in both boats. They're in both the boats. No, just on another level. And often, like, I feel like the Romanians are often, like, I don't know, they fly below the radar because we don't, like, the, their names don't come out quite as high and stuff. Like, but these chicks are just on another level. Yeah. Like, that they truly are. Actually, just on a, now that we, we're on this I'm going off on a, on a tangent here. So uh, they won by the first and second biggest margin. Guess third biggest margin of the, the whole, uh, of all the A finals. 
women's lightweight double. No. GB winning by and almost by the same amount. How can that even be? Like, what's yeah. happened to the lightweight women's double, man? <laughs> wild. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild. Yeah. So okay, where were we? We're chopping and changing. Uh, oh, James, I see you have a note here to yeah. talk about these uh, so these fancy blades. Yeah, so when I was in, I went to World Masters. Um, we visited World Masters because South Africa is going to have it next year, so we went to see it. And one of the interesting conversations for me was with Concept2 when I was there. And they were talking about their new spoon, and obviously I've been out of the sport for a while, and I like started noticing it. And it was just their conviction about how good it was. And they were started to say like, "No, the people using them are winning," and like, and they started like they drew out some stats. I can't quite remember them from Tokyo, but basically they were like, "Yeah, five crews were using them in Tokyo, and four of them won, and the other one got a, got the silver to someone using it." And I was like, "Wow, those are some pretty serious stats." So. I've been watching quite closely this weekend about who is and isn't using them. Um, the one that's interesting, okay, the, the lightweight women's the double, the GB girls were using them. Um, but what was interesting was in the two doubles events, and what was interesting for me was considering Concept 2's conviction on the oars, how few people were actually using the oars. So men's quad, like no one, women's quad, no one in the finals using them. Um, singles, like no one really using them. I, I, I couldn't pick up anyone using them in the two finals. But in the men and women's double, five out of your top, five out of your medalists, so three men, three women medalists, five of them were using the new, the new all. And it's just interesting for me that like you have such a high density of them in the doubles, but then you had none in the lightweight men's double, um, and like and none in the quads. So like, why are Concept Two believe it so much? Why are the doubles using them so much? Um, Concept two reckon it's like some crazy numbers, like a second per five hundred foster. Um, yeah, it, it's a really interesting ore. Um, I have so explain the the ore. So it's the spoon that's changed. Firstly, um, where the shaft enters the actual spoon is like they've managed to make the connection piece between the two of them smaller, which makes like the performance of the back of the blade slightly better. Then it uses a vortex, which we've seen before, but this all has to use a vortex, and then it's like a the shape of the spoon is quite different. Like the, yeah, it's like a rounder. Yeah, like the inside arch is like more aggressive. Um, and then it's like, it, it looks quite similar to, I think it was the old fat blade that they made mm. where you had to row like a, a much shorter lo- uh, loom or much shorter um, oar length. Um, and it's the same concept as that, but they've now made the oar that you don't have to row a different um, length of oar. So you can row your standard rig with the new spoon. And they, and a lot of people who do the testing are, uh, I've heard, are quite positive. Of course, some people have done the testing and gone back to their old oars. Um, but it's just very interesting to see. For me, if the thing's faster and it's getting a whole lot of wind, um, we would, I would expect to see more coming through already. Um, concept two, sort of, I, he said to me, he suspects everybody in Paris will be will be sculling with them, which is obviously he's he's selling them. But it was just an interesting observation mm. for me. I just think it's like you know. Everyone focuses on sweep. That's the the main event. Sculling is kind of like second tier athletes. So then they don't. The countries don't want to spend the money giving them the new blades. I'll fight you. <laughs> well, what's interesting is they also have the all for sweep all, but there's been very little uptake in the sweep all. I think someone on the Patreon group noted there was one crew rowing with them in the sweep all. So very low uptake, but maybe that's because sweep ball, you know, actual equipment doesn't really matter. You've got a mallet yeah, behind the much more, Much more about skill of the athlete and skill of yeah, the, none uh, of those, the power. None of those things matter. E-class <laughs> events, all of that. <laughs> oh, I, just see, I just hear people typing furiously, <laughs> messaging in. 
Um, you know, I'm joking, guys. I'm here for rowing. All of rowing. <laughs> Rowing's the real winner. Yeah. <laughs> the but no, very interesting. I'm I'm keen to see how this evolves over the next little bit. And also because like often you see these things creep in, a few changes, and then as people start to get a little more comfortable, like, oh, they see a few more crews using it, it starts to like yeah, get like, huge. Like the skinnies, like exactly that. Like you don't see anybody rowing with an old Oh Italians. <laughs> okay, we don't cut the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> The Italian still going with a white collar. The other one about? is the the carbon aliante. Oh There's, yeah, it's become pretty big. I would say. Um, Standard. I actually didn't take any notes of of how many crews were using it, but it was very. It's become very popular well, and it, in a very be, short amount of time. It would be interesting to ask Felipe how many non aliante riggers he's still manufacturing. Like, are people still requesting? I, th- I think they must be much cheaper. I think the Alianti boat is significantly more expensive. Okay, so maybe you guys are doing it on a cost level. Yeah. Got you. I, like, I, I think in the, from the manufacturing, from like the providing to schools and stuff. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get um, a message out to, to Felipe and find out where, yes. where they are on that. It'll be interesting to find out. Cool. Then let's, let's tick on to this. The Blue Ribbon events. The Blue Ribbon events, the eight. Dude ridiculously cool i always love watching the eight i mean i don't know there's just something big boats so much power the eights were incredible to watch um i think that the gb guys just really looked ridiculous i think you can't um they didn't make a mistake down the track nothing it looked really slick really long they as i said their rhythm and stuff was just so power and they looked so in control the whole race. Yeah, it reminded me of like this, the look and feel of like the 2012 to like 2016 eight. Like the way they were going was very confident. Like it had a very Jurgen look to it. Obviously, he's not still there. Um, but yeah, very like I feel like the style and the execution was still very much mm. in his book. And and if anything, like a very classical GB execution of that because even when the dutch put them under pressure i mean the dutch put them under pressure like for sure like 400 meters to go they were just cranking up and up and up the dutch the dutch looked like they were rowing with so much purpose like frantic almost like they looked like they were sprinting the whole race and the british looked like they were in a 5k um obviously not but i'm just saying like the the and the composure that they had because then once the dutch started making their move the British just look very composed to 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 shut it down. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Australia Australia also having a banger race there. I was surprised with their I mean not surprised, but really cool to see them coming up with the with the eight. Yeah, I think obviously not a great weekend from Oz. Uh, like the medal table probably tells a story. But we say not a great weekend, but they had an eight that performed, they had a four that performed, they had a pair that performed. More medals than more medals than Tokyo by one. So they have four yeah. medals in Tokyo, five this weekend, um, but four of them are bronze. Mm. But I think that eight medals proper. I think that's the best performance of them. Uh, my question is, as a continental crew, is that not like a non-continental, so non-European, is that the best result? Like as a crew boat, who else stands out? I guess a China woman's quad. I don't know if they, where they fall into that equation. But Jeez, I, I don't see... I think that's the best non-European, like none of the American eights or women's fours really came through. Oh, the Poland men's, yeah, uh, men's quad. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, like, I think that the non-European crew events, Aussie men eight, definitely got to take it. 
Um, and that's probably as a result of New Zealand doing badly, uh, New Zealand doing badly, and U.S. women slash U.S. Mm. not having a great weekend. In fact, yeah, I hadn't thought about like the U.S. Yeah, but they got two. They got fourth two. in the eight, didn't they? Men's yeah. Oh, let me have a look. Yes, I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, yeah, USA fourth in the eight. USA fourth, yeah. in the eight. and like not wildly off. Yeah, bit of work to do, but yeah, they could definitely get back in there. The yeah, I think that they will. And, and women are so for, so forth. Yeah, so, I, so lurking. Uh, yeah, I mean they've always been strong in the eight, so I think that they, if they get that a little bit better, they will Not move back. up the up the field quite a lot. Like the eight is always their big focus. Sort of feels like uh, they also had a pretty decent pair. Actually, the pair made. I think they won the B final in the pair, which is unusual for USA. Like usually their their smaller boats struggle a little bit more and I thought that they looked pretty good. So I think we could see them sneaking up because they were young guys as well. So yeah, we and could see them sneaking up. It was interesting. We spoke about the coaching moves earlier in the year and stuff. In that, or Sorry, in the the midweek show, I think we spoke about the like changes in the US like selection system. But I also remembered since then, They've got Josie, I think he's left the, the Dutch system mm. and gone to the US. And I'm not sure if he's just with the US woman or with the whole US, but it's interesting. You can see his influence that they're all wearing Felipe's now. Um, and there's there's definitely, he, he's run some, he really got the Dutch, big pieces of the Dutch system on track. Like uh, I think his, I think they've definitely pushed on since he's left. Like their performance this last year has been quite something. Um, but he was definitely part of them that foundation years of the Dutch woman, particularly mm-hmm. um, starting to become no, more sure. of a squad, you know. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if he can bring that same squad mentality into the US woman. Um, uh, and talking about the uh, the like Europeans dominating the the results, the so GB winning the medals table, Romania second, Netherlands third. That's twenty medals between the three countries out of forty two possible right. medals. Nice. So that's half the medals won by three countries, all Europeans. Like, and that's just the top three. Like, yeah. if you went and found the other European medals there, they must be taking, like, be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on the Patreon group, but it must be 70%. We'll work it out afterwards. Don't try work it out now. Yeah, I know. I can't. <laughs> can't. Let me get back to the notes. So I think let's jump to women's eight. Uh, now that you we had the, the men's eight. Women's eight... Also, so spicy. Romania, like, looked so good. Like, just dominated the third 500 of that race. I mean, they won by clear water. No, like, from lane one, just doing the business. Obviously, like, the race for lanes or whatever it was, they were just, like, the minimum. We're doubling up. We'll we'll get our, book ourselves a lane, and then they just smash it. And, like, we've been speaking about the doubling up, and, like, it hadn't really looked like it was working very well for most of the, the teams that had done the doubling up, like a lot of crews that had struggled a bit. The Romanian women's double, they doubled up, they raced their double race an hour before the final of the women's eight. Mad. An like hour. An hour before. Man, I'm still like a corpse an hour after racing. Yeah. Wild. So, I mean, that's just crazy, crazy strength from from them. It's really amazing. And then... I thought the Netherlands again looked very good, very strong. And I think it was a bit disappointing from Canada and USA. I think they wanted to do a lot better. I'm sure that they were not aiming for for those results. I'm sure they'll be upset with those results, but I'm sure that they will be back. Yeah, I think it's just like the women's eight. We often forget that like at the moment, those 
like you're seeing last place, eh? Like if you went and looked at last place in the men's pair, like the standard of those girls who do get onto the start line is pretty high. Mm. It's seldom that we have someone like 20 seconds back. But for sure, in like the men's pair and the men's single, there are guys 20, 30 seconds off the pace, um, at least, if not more than that. So I think it's it's really hard to only have one real race in the weekend and try and execute it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just shows like to, to even get a, an eight on the start line, eight's gonna, you've got to get a whole lot of people across the world. But the standard is high of the girls that do get on the start line, is my point. Yes. Then... Talking uh, about high standards, can we go on to the woman's single? Jeez, Louise. Like, I, I, I thought it would get, like, in my head, we were going to get the Emma Twig show. I feel like this just, it's just highlighting the fact that how little I know about rowing. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I called this race. I just said, Emma, I just did not doubt that she would win this race at all. And again, I was just shown... Um, absolute flames. And I mean, Emma looked really good. She did perform bloody well through the week. And she looked happy with her result to some degree. Like she wasn't like asset on the finish line. Um, I think obviously her first year back from the games, bloody blah. Um, But yeah, I think. Yeah, Carolyn Frolin was. Classy. Was classy. And it's been a classy season, hey? Yeah. No, I mean, she's won everything she's raced this season. So a clean sweep of the year. Um, and in hindsight, you know, I, I guess we we were probably too ambitious on saying like it'll be the Emma Twig show um, and well-deserved, I think, put together a really, really good um, 2,000 meters. Yeah. It's quite cool because I feel like uh, Carolyn has been like a new name on the on the scene. Like we haven't really even spoken about her much on the other Roadshow episodes. You know, it's not been a big thing, but like she has... I think like now established, now she's established, done a whole season of winning. I think that's going to give us so much confidence going forward, I think, next season. And I think we're going to see her get a lot quicker over the next little little while. Yeah, I mean, juniors in 2016 is not that long ago. So like it's come through, but it's interesting, like her first senior regatta is in 2016. So she's been around, but just not... But the scholars always take a while though. You can't, you don't often get... Like Ollie was a was a, I think that's why Ollie became such a big name so quickly was because he was young and in the single doing well like quickly. Yeah, most of the athletes in the single have been around for a while. They have to row other events first and then move into the single to to really. What's interesting is I, I think um, Caroline, if, if that's the right way to pronounce it, is she's a product of that Dutch system. You know, when she's come through the fours, she's really stuck out of the system since two thousand six. She's been between the four and the quad. Um, and it just shows like just been slowly developing. And then bam, jumps in the single for the year and has just yeah. just smashed it. So th- I wonder how many other athletes like that are lurking around in eights and fours in the system that actually have the caliber to come and knock out a world champs win in the single, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, she's going to be the queen in, in the Dutch team there. Everyone yeah. else rolling the silver medals. Yeah. Right? And then <laughs> she's <her>. coming <laughs> with the gold. <laughs> yeah, no, she's going to be feeling on top of the world, I'm sure. Um, oh, it was fantastic. That was a cool race. I thought... Um, and the they, Dutch they were, can, wait, wait, wait. The Dutch can party. They got a whole lot of people with the medals. Shit. Yeah, they have After a lot. The party tonight is going to be mad. It's going to be good. Guys send us in the stories. <laughs> 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 we, we won't repeat them. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I, I I thought Emma did look very good though, and like always, she looked like 
in control. I thought there was a few times where she started like trying to make a move, and then uh, Carolyn just like kind of cro- closed it down a little bit. But I mean, it was a really good race, like an actual just a good event. The race for third place with the with Australia, Tara Rigney, and uh, and China ridiculously good so so good it was tight the whole way down the track china slowly moving up moving up moving up coming did a huge huge sprint took the third place she was sitting in third place and then clipped some water lost 50 40 meters and then uh and then tara managed to to get back into the the third spot big like yeah she you lou she's gonna be upset yeah i think she's probably the most upset out of everyone from the regatta today. It was like moving, yeah. It was coming, 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 coming. So close and like to make that mistake. But I guess like she had to she had to do that. She had to take those risks and like go beyond the yeah. limit. And she put herself out there. So epic um, and big ups to try and put that sprint together. But it's, I feel like that's the worst. Like to, it's not like she was in second and then she went to third. She went from like fourth into third, got the, the, ta- the sniff of it and then back to fourth. Oh, really, really upsetting to watch. So... Should yeah. We, should we talk about the Ali the, the Ali show? <laughs> the Ali show. What's going on with this guy? I feel like some regattas he's like completely having a breakdown and other regattas he's like the best in the world. You see him pointing to his head after he had finished. Like I feel like he got his Like head it right. was a mental game. Yeah. yeah. Like no, he for was sh- too it, strong. Like no one was breaking him today. And I think I think this was like a big one for him. I feel like if he had come apart at this regatta and done like the same thing, let guys sprint through him again at the end of the race, I think it would have been like game over for him almost. Like, I don't know how you, like mentally, how do you recover from that in the single? You're on your own. You have to completely believe in yourself and put yourself out there every race. And I think him doing it now has like pulled him back. I think it'll do a huge amount for his like self-confidence and his like, is just mental strength yeah. in in racing coming forward into um into 2024 yeah and i think like we often talk about him with the conditions you know and he did have to come through a heat like we said his heat was one of the best rough water rows mm. we've seen him put together so really good to see him like then in the final like he's got through the piece that's not his advantage he's get to the final where it was conditions that suited him down to a t and he's just sweeped yeah he's just wiped the field away yeah, crazy, no, crazy. it was, and it was very cool to watch. I mean, I, I like Oli. I think he's an absolute machine. I just, uh, and I was very surprised at his results from the earlier races this season. I thought he would have done better coming out of Tokyo. But obviously, you know, and I was thinking you don't really, I think we don't realize how much, like, you know, the mental strength and stress that athletes are under, and especially in the single. You know, we saw, um, yeah, we saw Robbie Manson, like, crushing some regattas, struggling in other regattas. And I think eventually that like kind of... Like world record to be final. Yeah, like that kind of mental pressure. I think we're underestimating. And I think it's, you know, it's big in the team. And you use your team a lot when you're under... Like, you know, when you're getting in that eights race, those guys are using each other to kind of motivate them. Okay, cool. If uh, James is going to put himself out there, I'm going to put myself out there. Like, it's much easier. Now you're in the single, you're alone. I think it's it's a very tough place to be mentally. And I'm... Pretty yeah, impressed with with Ollie to fight that demon away and and come away and he crushed it today. What's interesting and it talks the stat talks to that like tough mental place, particularly of the single. Um, is an, another stat that came off the Patreon group this last week was 
Only twice since 1962 has a single winner, two years out of the Olympic Games, converted to Olympic gold. So two, two times since 1962 has the person who's won this regatta gone on to win the Olympics of this cycle. Yeah. So that's pretty mad. Um, Ivano um, from the Soviet Union in 1962 to 1964, he was the first one, and the other one was Rob Waddell. And like that's a pretty crazy stat. I, I, it's almost like yeah. I find it, I feel like I, I can't believe that stat. But if, if that's what it is, it's what it is. Jeez. Yeah, so I it's mean, not statistically not like, looking good for Ali. Rob is one of the, probably the best athletes rowing scene ever. I mean, he's really, he's right up there, top five for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty huge stat. I must say, that's wild. Statistically but, not looking good <laughs> for Ali. Yeah, but Ali's also, you know, he physically is he's right up there. And I think, you know, it's he's definitely... And also, you know, this is a different cycle. We only have three years. So exactly. it's, yeah, it's very, very different. But it also just shows you how hard it is to stay on top of the single. I mean, here you have Olympic champion coming sixth, Olympic silver medalist coming fifth. So it's not like those athletes are not... They're there still. They're just... They're just new athletes coming in. I thought yeah. Melvin uh, rode a good race. Oh, and then this was another point I wanted to touch on that I noticed through the week. Some crews, like, struggling over the length of the regatta. Yeah. So some crews having, like, really good starts to the regatta or really good, like, early season racing in World Cups. And then this regatta, like, not being able to, like, carry that racing forward, like, GB men's pair, uh, Melvin Twella in the in the single. Um, there was uh, who else? There was um, oh, I can't remember. I had a whole list list of them. But I'm saying just like there's a lot of athletes that have like just struggled to kind of. But it is a long carry week. the week through I the Sinkovich brothers. But if you start racing on Sunday, like some guys will start like moving into race mode mentally, like on the Wednesday before that. Mm. You know, like that's not so bad, like a World Cup. You know, but like. Guys will start being like, oh, it's like almost, it's like race week, you know, it's Sunday, we're racing this week. So if you start moving into like race mode mentally, like Tuesday, Wednesday and the build up, like you've actually got like almost two weeks, you know, to your final. So yeah. I think th- those are the athletes that are probably making the mistakes. The ones that are like thinking about the racing and thinking about the heat. And it's just so different if you like think you have to like put out a big performance in your heat um, versus if you yeah. someone who should get through. So um, but it is a long week, and it's very different. Guys don't have that many times to practice this. They only race the schedule once a year. Um, and so for me, it's not surprising, but it is a factor. It's a long week, and you definitely get like some different results in the final because guys start almost mentally coming off the boil. And the other thing is that your team, half your the big squads, like half your team has gone home. You know, the energy, or not gone home, but like the energy, these guys have finished racing. They're now into their off-season um, Are you doing like under twenty threes and you know all uh, these? No, I think I mean in world champs like their guys. Um, uh, today's Sunday. If you think about the non-Olympic events, oh uh, yes, yeah, they checked out on Friday afternoon. Yeah, you know it's like three days. Um, so, but obviously guys get used to like the boatyard getting packed up at like a World Cup and stuff because by the time you're finishing, the boatyards are already getting like yeah. By the time you get on board like the eights, there are not many boats left in the park. You know, no, no. Um, but I think. It's a little bit different when it's like three days ago and like some of your crewmates or your your squad mates have already packed up, gone home, and you're the only guys left in the hotel. If you on a if you're in a country that only has like five or six crews, you can also be the only people mentally still racing, you know, and that can be quite tough on some athletes. For sure. Um 
Jeez, James. But, I mean, still, what a banging week of racing, though. I mean, it was so awesome. It's, my, it's the first World Champs I've been at at home to watch. Uh, usually, I'm I'm racing and, and getting stuck in, so it was a bit different for me to be at home, and oh, I loved it. I loved sitting and watching, putting the racing up, and just really enjoying it. Yeah, and I think it's been a great finish to the first, like, a short piece of the season. This is a weird season. Is this, yeah. like, is this the season? Is this the, like, post-Olympic year, or is this the pre-qualifying year? You know, like, or, yeah. I so. think it's it's pre-qualifying. I yeah, feel like... Guys, if, if you haven't mentally moved on, you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of change going into next year, qualifying year. I think uh, these results will not be super reflective yeah. of next year's racing, but... I think people have to, they can't be thinking post-Olympic Games. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing that's made watching it really great is like wall-to-wall coverage from World Rowing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, big up. I think I saw it get up, was it was it 6,000 we saw it get up to? Oh, I didn't even today. look today. Yeah, I think I saw it get up to 6,000, which is like a lot more than earlier in the week. Um, yeah, amazing. I think the commentary... bang on. Um, yeah. All the shout-outs from Martin, um, always great. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Um, shining us out uh, we got a few patrons they joined our team they said uh, that they heard Martin talking about the show and they came to to check us out so yeah thanks very much yeah I think there's a lot that can be done in the space oh uh, yeah a lot that can be done with a video but we need to do more video to learn what we need you know um, I think you had the interesting point about like the like the information on the screen like we've got this big screen yeah. And we've got the information. They've got the technology. They just need to put it on the screen more. Yeah, most people are not watching this on their phones. I'm at least I'm watching it on my big flat screen in the in the lounge, and I could definitely do with a bit more Formula One data coming up on the the side of the the screen. Lay it out. I want to see. I would like to have rate the whole way down the track, boat speed the whole way down the track, yeah. because then also it's not only about the filming. You know, you don't have to be looking at a crew to see them make a change. You can be looking at the, the data sheet and be like, holy shit, uh, Netherlands have just gone ballistic. They've just stepped up their boat speed by like five. It doesn't have to be a, yeah. a, 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 like, you know, a snippet of it a little bit down the track. You know, they could have it up the whole race. I think well, it would be I, fantastic. I, I think the thing for me is they have the information. Like it, they yeah. don't need any more technology or any more costs to get it up there. Like they have the, the technology to say who is – who is first, who is second, and what rate they're doing, and what their current boat speed is. Like, as a consumer of the sport, like, I hate having to look and say, like, does that boat look like it's now moving faster than the other boat? And then, so because they only put up that information sometimes, I miss it half the time. Whereas if I look at something, I go, is that boat moving faster? And I know... Then where, you can check the boat speed. And I know where on the screen to look. You're going to see it straight away. So um, it's just that they've got the info, put it up on the... I don't know the corner they use is really good but let's make it consistent like the whole time let's see straight let's yeah, see like speed. the whole bottom of the screen I mean you could easily have the, the bottom of the screen but, anyway I, but it was a big it was fantastic it was really great I mean we, we're nitpicking here I mean we, we fussy about our we fussy about our and entertainment we like to watch rowing man. and we want to see rowing get bigger I think and get yeah. bigger and better and I think there's there's small changes like that so James to wrap up the regatta what is your biggest upset of the regatta uh, Croatia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it has to be Croatia. Yeah, um, we spoke about it, but yeah, hundred percent. For yeah. you, best performance of the weekend? Oh, it's got to be the Romanian women's double, women's eight. 
yeah, I think like the French men was a good performance relative to their year, but uh, like pure, like if you really look at it, the Romanian, I agree with you, the Romanian. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those two biggest upset, biggest best performance is like, it was clear, like you can't bet against anyone else. I mean, they were good races, but those two were, you know, Romania were in a class of their own yeah. at this regatta. Like those are the two best athletes yeah. at the regatta. So there we go. And then this this next one though. So you got best performance, which I feel like is a single crew or athlete with their performance over the regatta. Then best race. Like, what is the most entertaining race to watch? Easy. Men's eight. <laughs> Speed was high. You're just picking the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's the best. It doesn't have to be, like, a dispute. It is the best. Yeah. Um, men's eight, like, it was man-fast. It was pretty competitive. Um, the class of the rowing was really good. Um, and it was entertaining to watch. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, there might have been one or two of those other ones that had the big sprint finishes. Um but I think the men's eight was the most entertaining affair for me. I think you're right. And then next one, who won the regatta? Which country won the regatta? I'm pretty sure it was GB. No, but not like, yeah, I mean, obviously you could say, you can look at the stats and say GB won the regatta. But like, who do you think's going home the happiest? Which country is going home the happiest? Netherlands. Yeah. 100%. They That's got more medals. Um, they got like the doubling up stuff worked for them. Um, it was like squad wins, you know? Yes. And they got like, the individuals, the, like the women's single one, you know, like mm. they performed across the field um, as a system, I think they... It's funny how like your expectations though also affect this so much because like GB winning the medal table, they're the best country at the regatta, but I feel like they, they I, I don't know, but I, you, I expect them, expected them to do a bit better. You know, they didn't win the pair. Um, they... So like there's a f there was a few races where I think they should have been a little bit better and I think maybe that'll be make them disappointed I don't know that's what I, it looks like to me but and whereas Romania and Netherlands like entered a lot of stuff got a lot of it right I think will be a bit more a bit happier but yeah. all three of those countries are gonna be pretty chuffed with their pos position it's, I mean and actually GB also with the turnaround from last year new athletes from new coaches two medals to eight. Yeah, two to eight. No, man, that's just a wild. Yeah, but like I just think Netherlands now has to be considered one of the big powerhouses. Like I know they were powerhouse, but like they really are cementing yes. themselves up there. And this was like a squad performance, like a systematic performance. So for me, as a team, they win the regatta for sure. Okay, then most important question of all: Who do we need to see on the row show first up from the the world champs, or who do you think is the most? sought after interview we should get on the row show after this world champs paulo donovan <laughs> and i even said it monotone for him yeah <laughs> i yeah i know i'm nervous <laughs> i don't know where that will go i think that would be an epic it epic. could even be like a five minute interview yeah it could and you must post all five minutes if that's all it is <laughs> i feel like you could just get up and leave or you would uh or you would go off on some other kind of story or I don't know. I, I, I It's definitely one I want to get. Um, I'm not even sure if he has a cell phone that you know, he can, uh, we can contact him on, but we'll, we'll, we'll put our feelers out and see. I also think the Dutch woman single, like, I don't know. We'll have to find out how her English is, but you know, like that's an athlete we don't know a lot about. So mm. it'd be interesting to um, have a conversation with her, like understand what's happened in the last two years. Um, so both of those for me would be interviews. Absolutely. Paul, because I want to hear if he actually answers a question. Um, and Caroline, because I'd like to hear some of the background story. Christ, we'd have to be like, we would have to be so prepared for that.
But also um, uh, the, the, the Romanian uh, women's double, I would love to get them on. So I also yeah. need to see if they, how their English is and if they would be confident to, to come on the show. I think that would be fantastic. But I think what's clear is that there's a lot of athletes that we need to chat to yeah. to get so, the stories. What about the Legends race? Oh, yeah, we race didn't manipulation. We now know <laughs> what race manipulation is. <laughs> I'm sure Chris is up in arms with that, <laughs> <laughs> with that performance. <laughs> my favorite, the fact was that my favorite about the race was that Olaf was definitely not. He was going to show that he could have won that race. It was like I'm going to, I'm going to throw it, but I'm going to sh- make sure everyone knows that I am the fastest <laughs> one. Yeah, I think it was very clear looking at the start line. First of all. Um, the level of how seriously they were taking it because the li- they were lined up within about a boat length of each other. <laughs> and like there was definite that a whole lot of those guys were tired. Coming from a guy who's five years retired and I've got 15 kilos on me from where I used to be, I understand what they've gone through. <laughs> but man, some of that's happened quite <laughs> fast, eh? <laughs> He's so rude. Don't disrespect the OGs like this. I'm 15 kilos <laughs> in the wrong direction. I can say as a, as a mutual retired Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I don't know. I thought maybe Roger Barrow was doing the lining up there because I've done some training sessions pieces at home where I thought you know this doesn't look that straight <laughs> oh, you know when you look across and you're on someone's stern <laughs> <laughs> and when that's your selection racing it definitely <laughs> ruffles the feathers a little bit that's it uh, anyway James this has probably been the longest uh, regatta madness we've done it was fantastic thanks for stepping in um, I think you did a superb job uh, yeah, a huge thanks for, for all your time and effort because I know you've got a busy a busy life. No, thank you for having me. It's been lacquer to so make me focus a little bit more on World Champs this weekend. Uh, it's been awesome to watch and it's been awesome to think about it all at a little deeper level yeah. and enjoyed it. So thanks, everyone. Yeah, and all the listeners, you guys can breathe a sigh of relief. Jake will be back next week and you won't have to listen to, to me or James stuffing up quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully Jake will come with beer because we can also say second podcast without beer. Not happy. Oh, no, James. Come on. Better than this. Um, cool. Okay, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, go check out our Patreon page. Go check out our Instagram. Uh, let us know if um, if we made any mistakes, if we left off anyone that you really thought we should have uh, spoken about. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'm sure we'll see you soon for some epic racing and epic roadshow interviews. Cheers, guys. We're out.